0: Hello, everyone. God bless you. And Terry and I are here to share with you today Terry Mize Ministries podcast, Audio anywhere you can find podcast platform, and then also over on our YouTube channel at Terry Mize Ministries. Also, our website is terrymize.com. We look forward to sharing with you today Terry's favorite subject: <laughs> the whole purpose for life and existence here on the earth, and that is that we are to go to the world and preach the gospel, and that is called missions. Mission, mission, Isn't missions, Isn't that right? I mean, my goodness, my Terry's favorite subject. Yes. God's favorite For 52 years.
1: You and other people laugh whenever you say that.
0: (laughs) No, I just say, what else is there? I mean, the absurdity that there would be anything else is, um, you know, the way we should think is the church. That's why we have churches. That's why we are the church. The Bible teaches us, and that's why we are to have that focus around the world to every single person that we come in contact with as best we can. You know, some people are closed to it. There are some people that do not have faith. There are some people that. Tell you they don't want to hear anything, but then we know there's enough of them out there that do, and that Jesus is looking and seeking to save that which is lost. And the whole purpose. For our existence on the earth is to take this gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. Well, darling, we want to hear what you have to say. You you had some things you were teaching years ago to help people understand that as church leaders, pastors, church members, and to understand what Jesus came to do and give us purpose in our life.
1: Yeah. You know, when Jackie and I first went to Mexico— Right. Uh, this is, I mean, just fresh out of the army. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got I got drafted on my wedding day. So Jackie and I were going to get married, well, and then go to the Mission Viejo. Right. But on the same day we got married, mm-hmm. we went to, from the church to the reception, and then on the way out of town for our honeymoon, we stopped by and checked <laughs> the mail. And so I went in the post office and checked the mail and I had this letter from President Surprise. President Nixon <laughs> and he said congratulations you your friends and neighbors have recommended you for this little thing we got going on in Southeast Asia, and uh, we got clothes for you and food for you and money for you and everything. So, uh, so we got drafted on our on our wedding day, and so instead of going straight to the mission field, oh, we took a little detour uh, in the military. And uh, but when we got out and we went down to uh, Oaxaca, and I've often said Oaxaca is not the end of the world, but it's certainly visible from there. Oaxaca right. was very primitive. In those days. Now, if you go to Oaxaca today, you'll find a Whataburger and Walmart and <laughs> Office Depot and Office Max and right, you'll right. find nice restaurants and all kinds of things. Yeah. But in the day that we lived there back That's in the right. back in the early 70s, uh, there was no refrigeration in the town, true, which meant that uh, no grocery stores, no big grocery stores no were right. there and Never. no grocery stores had a refrigerated section because there was no refrigeration in the, in whole the, st- town. In the whole town. So you couldn't even get milk except out of a cabinet hour a goat right now once a week mexico city would freeze milk
0: oh my
1: and then put it in a truck and and ship it down to not a not a not a refrigerated truck <laughs> not a, but freeze the milk and put it in a truck and and drive it to oaxaca, oaxaca. but in those days that road from mexico city to oaxaca was 13 hours now, nowadays, there's a there's a freeway they've cut through the mountains and built there, oh and you can goodness, get there Jerry. in I don't know six or eight hours or something. Yes, back in those yes. days, it was 13 hours. So you know the milk was melted uh, and back oh. in liquid form, yes. and of course now watery. Oh, and goodness. you could also tell what season, a uh, time of the year it was, what season it was because of the way the milk tastes. Because if it was dry season. The milk tasted like the cows has been eating weeds, <laughs> and if it was oh if it was goodness, rainy season really? and it tasted good, you could oh tell my. the cows have been eating green stuff. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We we it was pretty primitive when we lived in in Oaxaca, and so um, so living there uh, as missionaries, we just set about doing the master's business. Now, Renee, I I never thought I'd have a pulpit ministry. <laughs> And I told Jackie right. that all the time. Right. And I said, Now, look, right. I want to have a pulpit ministry. Right. I said, I'm not going to stand in some pulpit and preach. I said, I'm going to have an active ministry of, of of miracles and healings. And I said, I said The only thing I know to do is when we get to Mexico, to Oaxaca, is just go door to door and knock on doors and say, Excuse me, is anybody sick here? And they'll probably say yes. At least a majority of them will say yes. And I'll say, Oh, fine. Can I pray yeah, for there's them? There's
0: plenty of sick folks. Plenty out of there. sick That's folks. Sure.
1: And can I pray for them? They'd say, Probably say sure, right? And then I'd pray for them; they'd get healed. and I'd get them saved. That was my right. plan for evangelism. I tell you, that still works today. By the way,
0: no, it does. In fact,
1: <laughs> I even got to the point where, it, there for a while, I just said, you know what? I know where to find sick people, and I just went and stood in front of a doctor's <laughs> office. I
0: think that's such a funny thing. I, I thought, mean, a lot man, of people would think that was totally absurd and unthinkable. This
1: is a great place to find sick people. So it I is. was very respectful, and uh, I would uh, stand outside of a doctor's office, and people would start to go in there, and I'd stop them. And I'd say, excuse me, why are you coming to see the doctor? And they'd tell me. And I'd say, okay, do you mind if I pray for you? And they'd say, oh, well. certainly. And so I'd pray for them. And I'd say, now go on in. I'm not trying to cheat the doctor out of his money. Go on uh-huh. in let the doctor check you. And then come out and tell me what he says. And, boy, they'd come out and say, well, I'm, I'm healed or I'm well. Or, you know, praise the Lord. But anyway, i just, I just pray for people outside the doctor's office. But uh, uh, more and more people back in the States would ask me to preach to them on missions right. uh, Gloria Copeland called me one day and said, I, Kenneth and I would like you to come and, and teach us missions we need somebody that's doing it to teach us missions and uh, uh, I thought to myself I, I don't know how <laughs> I don't know how to do missions but I don't, I don't know right, how to teach on right, it. Right, And so, uh, Sharon and Billy Joe Darty there in Tulsa asked me the same thing. And I said, Lord, you're going to have to help me. And different churches would ask me and different, uh, partners would ask me and different, uh, uh, full gospel businessmen. And they'd say, Terry, come by and teach missions to us. And I just got before the Lord and, and said, Father, you're going to have to help me. Right. Because I don't know how to teach on missions. I don't know how to do it, but I don't know how to teach on it. That's right. All all I know is what the missionaries did in my church all these years, and I'm not going to do that (laughs) because uh, God spoke to me when I was uh, 13 years old, Mm -hmm. and and he said, you're a missionary. So I knew from the day I was 13 years old, I knew exactly what I'd do the rest of my life, and I knew I was going to be a missionary. And so- uh, I uh, would show up. I mean, I went to church all the time anyway. But I mean, especially if a missionary <laughs> was going to be there, I'd show up. Right. Really? And I'd sit on the front row because I thought, if I'm going to be one of them, I better check them out and see what they say see and what they do, see what they do, and and, and learn from them. That's right. Listen. But but I didn't like what I saw and heard because basically basically they were they were going church to church to church, partner churches, itinerating, mm-hmm. trying to get money to go back to the mission field right. and so they'd come in and, and you know they'd be sick mm. kids would be sick they'd, they'd have several kids you know three four five six kids they'd be running nose and sneezing and, yeah. and 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 you could tell they were tired you could look at that missionary mama and bags under her eyes and yeah. the missionary daddy bags under his eyes and they're sick and the kids are sick and they don't have any money and 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 i noticed the church didn't treat them well and I, I know it's, do.
0: I saw that in a lot of churches that way. They didn't treat the missionaries with respect. And,
1: it's like they made them stand on the outside of the yeah, crowd right, right. and beg for crumbs. Right. You know? And, People uh, felt sorry for they them. They felt sorry for them, you know, and didn't so treat them. Because they were with dressed their, poorly, yeah, and they, you know, they right, were sick, and right. they didn't have any money, and they're just going to church. To and I hated that <laughs> for them. I know. When, when I, I was, didn't look down on them, I didn't disdain them, but I hated it, that lifestyle. That lifestyle, and I thought the church shouldn't treat them that way. I thought when the it, church should treat them like. Conquering heroes, yeah, determined. returning home. Ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say when I went away to Bible school, I had a wonderful church family, but I had several people. Uh, I they'd say, "Well, where where did where are you going to college, Renee? What are you going to do?" And I said, "Oh, I'm going to Bible college." And they say, "Oh, bless your heart." Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, they felt sorry.
0: They felt sorry for you, and I saw that happen to several missionary families in different churches. Now, thankfully, I knew churches that did treat them right, right, and wonderfully, and yeah. respect, and did do treat. Right. Them like the conquering Crazy hero. Gun. Put them in nice hotels. Took care of them. Took the wife shopping. Took the kids that's shopping. So you know, good. and that's those so were such good. marvelous. Noble, and that's what should happen. That's what
1: should happen. You know, but uh, then others didn't. It? <laughs> but but I, I watched that, and I'd sit there in the front row, and I'd say, I said, I'm not going to do that. No, that's right. I can't do that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to be a beggar. My. i'm not going to do that and and i and i'm i remember thinking the analogy or I me likening it unto the military mm-hmm. you know I, I i i think that's a good example too you know when when the u.s military right. sends troops to the front line right they give them bullets they give them guns <laughs> yeah. they give them everything they need clothing food, and then yeah. and then after a while they know they can't stay on the front line too awful long that's right. just nerve wracking and harrowing and dangerous and so they bring them back for what they call r&r rest and relaxation right maybe not bring them back to the states but bring them back from the front lines exactly to someplace nicer where they don't have to be on their guard right and, right. and so they'd bring them back for r&r and but they never had to come home and beg for bullets no that's right that's right. We gave them bullets. The military gave them bullets. The military right. transported bullets to them. Yes. Everything they needed, they took to them. And I'm saying, you know, these missionaries are soldiers. Right. And they're on the front lines. That's right. And yet, when they wear out or get
0: mm-hmm.
1: out of money or tired or out of bullets, they have to come home and go church, 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 and beg for bullets, uh, beg for money. Thank uh, you. Yeah, don't treat your missionaries like that. Yeah. Uh, right. uh, and, and so they'd come home. And, and I just hurt for them, and I'd watch them show their slide shows. You know, they'd mm-hmm. show slides of hungry kids with bloated bellies and flies on their face and flies on their on their belly, and right. uh, the little boy, you know, he'd have his head down, you know, just looking t- hungry and sick, and a little girl, you know, just just there in her in her underwear, just you know, head down, pretty little right. thing, big eyes, uh, but but sad, and 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 they just they try to make you feel guilty, right. It's what they'd do. No, that's it. You that's see that the, little kid. And, and you see, and now, 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 don't get me wrong. Those are true stories. Those are true stories. The flies really are there. Yes. The sick people really are there. That's the true. kids really are hungry. Right. I mean, that that's all true. Right. But the motive was wrong. Right. The motive is to make you feel guilty so you'll right. give money. There's a much more noble way to do this. <laughs> so when Jackie and I were in Oaxaca mm-hmm. and people were asking me to come back and share missions with them, number one, I didn't know how. Right, <laughs> And uh, so I talked to a friend of mine there in Oaxaca oh, who was an elder missionary, a well-known veteran missionary exactly. statement, not Brother Wayne Myers. People think I'm talking about Brother Wayne because I talk about right. him so much. It wasn't no. him. Uh, but another gentleman who was a good guy, but he called me aside one day, and he put his arm around me. And he said, Terry, he said, I'm going to help you. And I said, okay, how are you going to help me? And he said, Uh I, I'm going to tell you, and Jackie, what you need to do. Otherwise, you're going to starve down here, uh, or or die. Yeah. And and he said, so I want to help you. And I said, all right. Well, what, what, what? And he said, he said you have if you want. Here's the exact quote. He said, if you want the American church, the American people, the American Christians to give to missions, you must m u s t must make them feel guilty. Well. Wow. And I looked back at him and I said, "What?" And he said, "You must make them feel guilty." I said, "I'm not going to do that." He said, "You better." I said, "Well, I'm not." He said, "That's the way it's done." I said, "That's not the way I'm going to do it." He said, "Then you're going to starve." He said, "He said, he said Americans are good people. Uh, Christians are good people. No, right." (laughs) And he said, "So when you show them pictures of hungry kids, and you show them a little boy with his shirt off and his head down and..." and he's got dark skin and dark hair and dark eyes and he's got an empty bowl in his hand and the caption under your picture says little juanito hadn't had a bowl of rice today you immediately as, a, as an american feel guilty cuz you got plenty right and and your kids fed their food to the dog <laughs> and then you show them a poster of a pretty Shame little girl you know and she's got just done her underwear and she got her pretty black hair and dark eyes and and a pretty skin and, and and she's got her head down and she's got this sad look on her face uh, and it says little maria never had a teddy bear yeah. And you immediately feel guilty because your little Susie's pulled the heads off her Barbie dolls, you know, right. because Americans have plenty. Right. And so he said it's based on the fact that Americans are good, Christians are good, and if you make them feel guilty, they'll give. And he said that's the way it's done. And I said, I'm not going to do that. He said, you better learn how to do this. He said, if you don't learn, you're going to starve. So I'm not going to starve. And he said, look, look, he said, he said, that's the way the charitable organizations work. He said, go home, watch the commercials for care, for Salvation Army, for United Way, for Red Cross, for all these charitable organizations. That's exactly how they raise money. They show you pictures of floods and pictures of tornadoes and pictures of fires and pictures of drought and pictures of disasters. And then you feel guilty and you give those people money. That's how this thing works, which is all true, by the way. Right. Right. Uh, He said, but, he said, on Sunday, he said, watch the preachers. Now, remember, this is the day before cable TV. Right. So so preachers didn't come. We didn't have cable. We only had three channels, ABC, NBC, CBS. And so we didn't have preachers begging for money every day, all day long like they do today on cable TV. (laughs) We just had them begging on Sundays. Right, And and so he said, you go watch those preachers on TV on Sunday. He said, they do the same thing. He said, they'll show the pictures of the disasters, the pictures of the problems, and then ask you to give and and Christians will give. He said, that's how it's done. And I said, I'm not going to do that. He said, you better learn. I said, I'm not going to learn. He said, you're going to starve. I said, I'm not going to starve. And I, I asked him this simple thing. I said, you know, when I wanted to know about speaking in tongues, I went to the Bible. When I wanted to know about praying for the sick, I went to the Bible. When I wanted to learn about tithing and giving, I went to the Bible. When I wanted to learn about healing, I went to the, whatever I wanted to know, I went to the Word. The Smart Word is the teacher, do. the Word is yes. the Word of God. And and, and and faith, the Bible says, Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing right. and hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So the I word. go listen to the Word and read the Word and faith comes. Right. I said, why can't I do this? Why can't I just get some scriptures from the Bible about missions and go home and preach missions to the church out of the Bible? Sounds logical. And then faith will come, and they'll give to missions. Right. And he said, Terry, that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. He said, that will not work. I said, I bet it will work. (laughs) <laughs> and Renee, Jackie and I set out on a quest. You, right. you know, you indeed knew us back in those early That's days. Right. We didn't That's ask for right. a dime. That's right. No. And I tell no. you, we didn't have a dime either.
0: No, we made it. We almost <clears throat> the four of us, it's different times made a pact before the Lord. We would never tell anybody our needs and we'd, we'd never, you know, try to manipulate an offering and we wouldn't ask for places to preach. I mean, that That's was exactly
1: right. We didn't make our needs known to anybody. Anybody. We didn't ask for a place to preach. Nobody.
0: We didn't tell anybody. God
1: was and is our, our source. Our source of supply. How many thousand times do we say that god yeah. you're our source
0: it came down to a tablespoon of mayonnaise and one egg one time but the, the next meal we didn't we we were hunt we were full yeah, and that was all hungry. we had left never went hungry. and god provided the next meal and about 15 sacks of groceries from two different people and oh, we never I could tell stories meal.
1: you could tell stories but anyway we're talking about <laughs> supernatural missions um and so so i just said well i'm i'm gonna sit down on a quest to prove that that's true. Right. And he said, Terry, you're gonna starve and your wife and baby's gonna starve. And and Renee, here we are, fifty two years wow. later. Still and working. The rest, as they say, is history. That's right. And we've never starved, never missed a meal, <laughs> paid our bills, and yes. so on, so on, yes. so on, so on. Be- Thank but you, Lord I Jesus. really got before the Lord and said, Father, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna make people feel guilty. I know those I know those I know those stories are true. I know right. those pictures are true. Right. I know that there, there's hungry kids and I know they got flies on their face and I know I know people need help. I got that. I said, but that shouldn't be the motive for giving. Guilt should not be the motive for giving. Right. We should give because your word tells us to give. And you you know more about money than anybody. That's You've right. said more about money in the Bible than anybody. Wonderful. You yes, invented he has. the law of harvest, Tremendous the law of things. sowing, the law of reaping, the law of of, 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 of all those. Right. Planning and giving and sowing and reaping and giving receiving and tithing and offering. <laughs> God all invented all of that. Right in and so I said, I, "You've got to give me a word, a word, a real Bible word. That's right. That I can take back and preach to the church. That's not guilty. That's not making. That's not manipulative. Right. That's not making them feel guilty, playing on their heartstrings, playing on their emotions. But I want a word for word people. Right." That will cause faith to rise in their heart. I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I don't mind telling them to give and tithe. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't mind telling them the truth. Right. But I've got to have a word that will cause that to happen. That's right. And the Lord gave me a message that I titled Seven Bible Principles for World Missions. Supernatural. Absolutely. Supernatural mission. That's right seven bible principles not not seven manipulative (laughs) principles not seven not seven guilt trips right not seven pictures of of poor people and hungry kids exactly but seven bible principles right that a christian a word person would hear that bible principle and say hey i need to do that
0: Right, and, I'm and a it's Christian, all very That's logical. Bible, and
1: I need to I need to be doing that. It's all sensible, sound, sane planning. So I came home and uh, started preaching that, mm-hmm. and uh, I started a I started an, an organization. I helped start an organization called ICFM International Convention of Faith Ministers, mm-hmm. and I was the, one of the original the original trustees. Yes, you were. And uh, Kenneth Hagan, senior. Kenneth Hagen Jr. now right. now Pastor Hagen, brother Hagen's in heaven. John Osteen he's now in heaven. Um, uh, Kenneth Copeland, Fred Price, Norval right. Hayes, Norval's in heaven. Buddy Harrison. Um, uh, well, there was there, was, there was, what nine of us anyway. Uh, Word of faith, guys. Right. Word of faith, guy, yeah, Jerry Savell. Yes. Um, I'm not leaving anybody out to be mean. I'm just off the top of my head. I'm not remembering right. who everybody was. Right. But but just those of us, word men. Right. I was the only missionary in the bunch, and I was the youngest guy in the bunch. But Brother <laughs> Hagan wanted me on the board, and, and uh, Buddy Harris wanted me on the board, and some other people wanted me on the board. And so on. Brother Hagen actually said to me, he said, Terry, he said, back when we were all in denominations— We were either Assembly of God or Church of God or Mm. Baptist or Methodist or whatever. He said headquarters told us what to do. Right. And he said we all believed in missions. Right. And everybody knew the church had to give to missions. That's not an option. Right. He said the church has to give to missions. That's the purpose of the church. That's right. And he said but when we were in, uh, in denominations, he said there was a headquarters that told us what to do. Mm -hmm. And he said, we gladly did it. They said, here's a missionary, support him. Here's a missionary that needs a Jeep, buy that. Here's a missionary that needs a tent, buy that. Here's a missionary that needs some help. That's how it was done. That's how how it was done. That's right. And he said, and that was wonderful. And he said, and we all did it. Mm -hmm. He said, but now that we've become non-denominational, he said, there's no headquarters. And he said, so nobody tells us what to do. He said, so there's so many pastors out there that nobody tells them what to do. They do nothing because they yes. don't know what to do. No, right. And he said, Some of us know some missionaries, so we support them. He said, A lot of these guys don't know a missionary. Mm-hmm. So they do nothing. He said, So here's the deal. Here's this great prophet of God, Kenneth E. Hagin, who's one of my spiritual <laughs> one of my God. spiritual fathers yes, and mentors yes. and, and fathers in the faith and generals in the faith. Yes, and he yes. looked me in the eye and he said he, he gave me an order. He said, You are going to preach missions. You must preach missions in every meeting that ICFM ever has, every convention, every meeting. You are the missionary. You are respected by all of us. You preach mission. And I mean, I did that and I did that and I did that and I did that and I did that, I did that for years and years and years and yes, years. years. I got so many people involved in missions. So many people, uh, turned in to, right. turned on, tuned in, you know, to missions. And so, uh, so I stood up at the very first conference we ever had in 1979 in Fort Worth, Texas at Will Rogers Coliseum. Right. And Brother Hagin was speaking. Brother Copeland was speaking. Fred Bryce was speaking. Jerry Savelle was speaking. Norval Hayes was speaking. Everybody. Don Osteen was yeah. speaking. I mean, right. everybody, all of us trustees yes. were speaking. Right. And I was speaking. And uh, so, so when it came my turn to speak, I preached that message. Hallelujah. Seven Bible Principles for missions. Seven Bible principles. Seven Bible principles Seven for world missions. Supernatural How to do supernatural, Bible supernatural
0: principles that'll work everywhere, anywhere.
1: And in the coming up programs, I'll talk about those principles and tell you what they are. And I believe they'll do for you what they did for me, what they did for Kenneth Hagen, what they did for Kenneth Coben, what they did for Fred Price, what they did for everybody else. But I preached that. And when I finished preaching that, Renee, Fred Price walked up to me. Now, Fred's a good friend And been a friend for many, many years. Uh, Then we were just getting to know each other. Right. And he walked up to me after the service, and he reached down and caught me by the lapels of my coat. He's taller than me. Everybody's taller than me. (laughs) And he caught me by the lapels of my coat and was pulling me up like this. Mm. And he said, Terry, you have set a fire down on the inside of me. And he said, I need to know more about this. He said, I've known about missions all my life in my former denomination. But he said, I, I'm not doing what you're talking about and what I need to be doing. And he said, you, 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 I, I need to talk to you. You need to come to my church. Right. And so, I, man, I thought, dear God, it's Fred Price. So I didn't, I didn't call him. I didn't write him. I didn't bother him. <laughs> the next big convention we had was in St. Louis, a big arena in St. Louis. And I preached that same message and fred was sitting on the front row next to jackie and he had to leave so he wrote a note and left it in my chair and he said to jackie he said see to it your husband gets this so when i got there he i opened the note and he said i told you to call me about missions <laughs> so anyway it changed fred's life
0: isn't that wonderful and he
1: even called me a few years later and he said i've got a i've got a, a, a pastors organization right. called Fick Whiffle that I want you to come and preach. He said if you don't know what that message said that you preached in Fort Worth he said I want you to go get the tape and I want you to memorize it word for word Isn't and wonderful? I want you to preach it word for word to my change pastors. I want it to hearts. do for them what it did for me. And people so I know the truth. so I went and preached it word for word. There's a guy there named Al Harvey, and he jumped up and gave me a hundred thousand dollars. I said, "Well, that's my hundred thousand dollars." But it changed his life. It changed the lives of so many people because they were Bible principles, right? The supernatural mission. So we're at the end of our time, but I want you to know as we we come back and do a couple more uh, podcasts by video, uh, I, I want to get into those principles so they'll do for you what they did for me, what they did for Fred Price and Kenneth Hagin and Kenneth Copeland and all those other guys, because Those guys turned into some missions givers, and uh, I I think we're missing that in this generation. We need to be about uh, world missions.
0: Well, and people don't realize too, Terry, so many times about how – Expensive it is to go and do uh, uh, seminars like you've done at great meetings in Africa. Well, that'll cost $100,000. Oh, sure. Um, you know, where we're going here in May. Sure, the
1: meeting we're about to have, a yeah, big it, crusade, uh, 100,000 people. I mean,
0: we're already at the $100,000 mark. Um, people don't realize that when you see the heartbeat of God and you know what this is all about, then it's not the numbers anymore on the in the checkbook it's not what's on either side of the of the decimal point you begin to realize that how much is that soul worth how much are those things worth what if that were your family what if that were your heritage your country where you were from God's trying to get the gospel in there and God's trying to help people around the world Uh, set themselves up for a successful eternity.
1: (laughs) Yes, and to rescue the dying, to rescue people from a devil's
0: hell. The old song, rescue the perishing,
1: care for (laughs) Care for the
0: dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save what a wonderful old yeah, hymn wonderful. and that's where you thats where you have spent 52 years is out yes, there on the front lines yes. well our time is gone for today but we just want to remind you that you can find us at Terry Mize Ministries on YouTube and anywhere there's an audio platform for podcasts you'll find us there and then terrymize.com is our website and we're just here to help you love you uh, kind of help you up, dust you off and send you on your way and always remember that you are more than a conqueror. Bye-bye.